Okay, you're listening to episode four of the Unity Society podcast. Welcome back. I'm Jenny Randolph. And I'm Dita Randolph. And as we gather around this time around, I wanted to talk about the fact that uh, we just got back from a weekend of ambassador training. We were in Orlando. Yeah, uh, Jenny and I and the three teen ambassadors. And I just wanted to give everybody listening a little bit of background. When we started Unity Society, the goal was how can we create grassroots enthusiasm for these principles? We just wanted to get people excited about living the life. I mean, there's a lot of organizations that are doing their top-down stuff, and they're great, and we give thanks for them. But from where we sit, we just want people to be excited about it. So as part of that effort, we have a number of teen retreats. We have three a year. And at the summer one, which is a week long, normally they're weekends, but the summer one's a week long. As part of that, the people who are there vote and elect three teen representatives. We call them ambassadors because they really serve as ambassadors. They go around, they speak at churches, and they do social media stuff, and they write a little bit. And the main thing that they do is plan events throughout the year. And so this past weekend, that's what we did. We planned for the rest of the year. We had ideas coming about for our spring gathering, which is going to happen the first weekend of April. And we usually have our week-long event in July. And so they're super excited about it. And just, it's amazing to see the ideas that come from these kids and the enthusiasm that's coming from the teens. I have to say that it's life-changing just getting to be around them. There's a stereotype with teenagers that everybody's encountered, that they're lazy or they're disconnected or whatever. And these kids, all of them, but especially the ambassadors, disprove that with everything they do. One of the things that we do at all of our events, it's really important to us, is service. We always do a service project at a local Unity Church. Yeah, we feel that teaching service makes better grown-ups. Yeah, and I love the idea that the unity movement sort of takes care of itself in Mm -hmm. one way or another. We want to be a part of that. But a lot of times I'll call the local unity church in advance of the event and I'll say, we're going to have 50 kids or 100 kids or whatever it is to come to your church and do whatever, service, painting walls, cleaning up. Weeding the playground. Yeah, anything, anything. And what do you got for us to do? And there have been times when some of the churches, really, you're going to have teenagers work and they'll they'll act, they'll figure out something that they want to have done and inevitably our teens will burn through that whatever it was activity in a half hour and so it is so much fun to see the stereotype get challenged and mm-hmm. really see these teens rise above well and the pride that the that the teens feel on the other end of it yeah of really doing service and they really like to blow people away they yeah. like to they like to disprove the stereotype it's i don't think it's just us that likes to disprove the stereotype i think it's the kids that like to do it as well they 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 want to go in and they want to show their worth and they're amazing i can't say enough good things about them well one of the kids was talking to me after we did a project at the event last spring And uh, he said, you know, anytime I come to this church, I'm going to remember that I painted that wall. Right. And that's a part of me and I'm a part of it. And I just love that. It made the church into a home and it made them feel that. And I also love that when we get kids from all over the place to really 
get their head around the idea that there are unity churches all over, that it's not just their local place, that they're part of a movement, and movement in every sense of the word. I just think it's beautiful, but uh, as some of you know, uh, listening to this, Jenny and I met when we were teenagers in that YOU, the Youth of Unity group. We have, we have this profound desire to give back, of course, but the truth is we can never give back as much as we get out of it. It, it feeds us in so many ways. And so really, it's, it's just such a labor of love, and I am so grateful. So just coming away from that weekend, once again, I feel uplifted. It really fed me. It's going to be a good year. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be an awesome We've year. We've got some I'm good excited. ambassadors. I'm excited. Speaking of it being a great year, I have found something already, and it's not even the end of January, that is going to make my year, my life, so much better. Well, I think I found it, just to get a little bit of husbandly credit. This is something that I bought for you that I found a long time ago when I was in San Francisco, back when you couldn't get it anywhere but in San Francisco. Okay, so I think it's fair to say that maybe we rediscovered it. Is that I would that like all you? the credit, but because I love you. I'll <laughs> all right, Magellan. You. That's right. Anyway, it is called Cho Chocolate, and it's actually spelled with a T. It's... Oh, it's not the lady from Harry Potter. No, 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 no. Um, that's Cho Chang. But no, it's T-C-H-O Chocolate, and it is absolutely amazing. It's They make milk chocolate, but they're by far the best. It's a dark chocolate, and I'm a dark chocolate person, so that is that is absolutely my favorite. Well, you know, I bought it for you a long time ago because I may be getting some of the details wrong, but my understanding is the story is that this is a person, the person who started it sort of gave up everything and like changed careers and sort of really went out on a limb because they decided that this corporate stuff or whatever they were doing was not interesting, wasn't making a difference in the world, and they were going to give it all up and figure out how to make the best chocolate they could. And I love that backstory so much. It's like, I got to support that. And they source their cocoa beans from kind of different places. And they're really, they're really aware of where everything is coming from. And that's all nice. I love that. But really what we're talking about is just amazingly good chocolate. I think it says something about our relationship that I get caught up on the backstory and the chocolate could be dreadful, but I'm so sold on the story that goes behind it and someone handpicks the beans in the mountains of wherever and all that. And your your point of view is, that's great. Is the chocolate any good? And it turns out to be phenomenal, so we're both right. But I love it that we come to this from different sides. And if I'm honest, your side makes a lot more sense. They actually have like a 30-day supply of chocolate that you can get. And I think they have 60 and 90 day too, but... Come on, let's not be ridiculous. power through a 90-day supply in an hour and a half. <laughs> Let, that, you'd be so sick. That would be, no. But what a journey. No. I'd but anyway, have a so you would have a backstory. It is just really phenomenal chocolate. So if you can get your hands on it, it is it is worth it. I it's absolutely an, worth it. I don't it. anticipate you're going to get your hands on it anywhere around our house because you'll have to fight for it. Oh, I hide it. But it's good uh, good cuddling food, and I have to say that that's very important because right here in St. Petersburg, Florida, the finest city on the face of the earth, we are experiencing what we've been calling our moment of winter. And by that, I mean 48 hours ago, it was in the 70s, 
Mm-hmm. What's today? Was Today's today, January the 9th. January 9th, And yeah. 48 hours ago or so, it was in the 70s. And yeah, mid-70s, like 75, perfect, sunshiny, beautiful. And it will be that again in another 48 hours or so. Right now, it's like 60 outside. It's going to no, get down. No, it's colder. It's colder than that. No, it was, it was in the 30s. And right. we actually had a wind chill advisory, which this Florida girl was not excited about. <laughs> no, I... N- well... You're from all over the place, and I was born in Kansas City when my mom and dad were students and workers at Unity Village, Missouri. I don't have a lot of memories of Unity Village, except coming back there later, but my first real memories came when my parents took a church when I was very small in Iowa. And so my first memories really are the winters in Iowa, and I sort of think of that, and I sort of flatter myself to say I'm still a Midwesterner at heart, even though I've been living in Florida for a very, very, very long time. It still appeals to me. I love the cold weather, and I love just this little moment uh, of cold. And, of course, you know, we don't have to shovel snow or anything like that. It's beautiful to see change, and so it's really nice to have this little moment of winter. But it's going to go away in a little bit, and nobody had to uh, to uh, toil too hard to scrape ice off of anything. It's true. We did have to turn the heater on for a little bit, though, because yeah. it, it, did, it did get cold. It got down in, into the... High 30s, low 40s at night, and that's that's People just people are a actually bit... wearing long sleeves. Yeah, well, we had to wear closed-toed <laughs> shoes. I mean, and like socks, and that's that's crazy. What that's would Jimmy un- Buffett. Do? That's really that's unheard of. No, I've been in Florida for way too long. I'm I'm a super I'm a super Florida girl. So this cold, this cold, it's nice. I have to say, it's nice. You can break out the three sweaters that you that you own and and wear them, and then move on from it and it's nice to be able to do that but I'm excited about it going back to low 70s mid 70s for the rest of the winter and I'm a happy person well I'm a happy person because for a lot of reasons of course but one of them is that I bought myself a toy a week or so ago and oh, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, talk I've been about. playing with it nonstop. And it's called a No Phone. You can Google for No Phone. I think they sell them on Amazon. I wrote an article about it on the Unity Society website a couple weeks ago, and uh, I adore it. Basically, all it really is, if I'm honest, is just a rectangle of plastic the size of a smartphone. But it's it actually looks like a dummy smartphone. And it's the the point of it is people are on their phones too much. Put your real phone in your bag or leave it in your car. Even better, leave it at home. Carry this around with you and actually be present for the people around you. I bought it as sort of a prop because I was giving a talk for the teens. And uh, I found out that it's actually a fun thing to have. I have to say there have been a number of times when I'll have my phone out because, oh, you know, we're watching TV and there's a commercial and I need to check some emails and make sure that this project or this, that, and the other thing is handled. But then I got my phone out and it's easy to go, oh, let's uh, let's check Facebook now or let's see how the podcast or the website's doing. And also, you know, what about Instagram? And then, you know, the commercial break has come and gone and whatever show is on again, that thing that we were going to talk about that I wanted to pay attention for, that moment has passed. And... I know that I don't have near as bad a problem as other people, but I recognize that I do need to get off the phone a little bit. And so it's in a funny kind of way that no phone is like a nicotine patch. If you have that desire to fiddle around with something, you can put your phone away. Who are you going to talk to anyway? You're with the people that matter the most. If you need to have a piece of plastic in your hand, great. Check it out. The The website is really witty. 
they sell a no phone, which is the one I have, but they also make a no phone selfie, which is the same. It's black. got a mirror on it, yeah, right? I it's adore got, it. <laughs> it's, and it's they also cute. make that company makes a no phone air, which is an empty box, which is the most zen of the various things. And I love it because I bought mine on Amazon. And because Amazon thinks it's a cell phone, it asked me if I wanted a service plan and the, and some you know what kind of data minutes you want and stuff like that. I thought it was hilarious, but I'm enjoying my no phone. Uh, I, I have to say I've been enjoying you having it too. I think that you're you're definitely more present. There are days when I don't even know where my phone is. And that to makes be honest. me crazy. I don't I, even I, understand that, which means I'm the one with the problem. But you'll say, oh, is my phone upstairs? And I'm like, how do you not know where your phone is? Right. I And sometimes it's not charged and, and it's just off. I am so not connected to it. I my, admire that greatly. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not connected to it. And nothing is going to go away in the next 12 to 24 hours. And heaven forbid that, you know, I only check my email maybe once or twice a day how many times do you check your email do you think I, a day I, I really couldn't tell you it's a lot Is it? um and i have to say that at some point i would love for us to do an episode about the interrupt driven life mm. and the idea that what you really require is emptiness those moments of boredom from which creative thought and breakthroughs come the idea that what we should be cultivating in our culture and in our own lives is not filling up, but rather let's make room so that the universe can fill that space. I think there's a lot to talk about. And, and uh, Well, really yeah, cool. like for example, today I was in the process, I was walking through the kitchen, I was doing some laundry and I was writing some notes for a couple of things and for some stuff that's coming up and making a to-do list. And I saw that we had some bananas that were about to go bad and I was like, okay, I'm going to just take this minute and I'm going to just go make some banana bread. And I think if you are not paying attention and not looking around, which is something that we talked about last week in the episode, of, I think you can get creative and you, you notice stuff. And it's such a more pleasant experience. I think, What, to show can... up for your life? Well, and think about the poor bananas. When bananas are about to go bad, they start hanging out with a rough crowd. If nobody's there to protect them, look out for those bananas. That was such a dad joke. I'm a dad. Oh. For the dig in part of our show, I wanted to talk about forgiveness. It's a big deal coming in, you know, coming through New Year's and stuff like that. But Honestly, it's a big deal all the time. I was going to say, this is, this is uh, a lot. Forgiveness is a lot. The basic idea that we deal with is that there is one and only one presence in the universe. That there's just God and God is just good. If we believe that, if we believe that you have as your birthright, you, me, and everybody have as our birthright, good, life, love, the whole thing then the only thing between you and a better life, one that works, let's say, or your healing, your prosperity, your miracle, whatever it is, the only thing between you and that breakthrough is you letting go of something. The universe takes care of its own. Every problem I've ever had is when I got in the way somehow. So honestly, forgiveness is really the core of that breakthrough, that healing, because it's not just forgiveness of other people it's more than that it's the letting go of whatever is getting in the way i have to say that a lot of times it does involve another person 
But one way or another, if I don't know how to release, how to make room, how to let the universe in, I'm not going to get any better. And one of the things we talk about a lot is that the word is forgive, but it's nice to turn it around in your mind and think about the idea of giving for. In other words, it's I'm giving this away. I am releasing something. And and that's really important because sometimes people feel like if I'm forgiving, does that mean that I'm going to start putting up with hurt, for example? If it, I forgive... Am I a doormat? Yes. Am I not strong? Is this weak? And in fact, there's such a, 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 a weird thought pattern around that because sometimes you and I have both heard people say, well, you know, I want to be a loving unity person. And so, and then all of a sudden the argument, what they're really saying is, and so I'm going to let myself put up with all manner of dysfunction because I want to be forgiving. But forgiveness is not a license to hurt me. Instead, if I really am forgiving, one of the things that I'm saying, maybe the main thing that I'm saying is, I no longer give you the power to make or break my own consciousness. I am giving away the idea that you are my source. I love you. I'm walking this path with you. I'm here to learn from you and to teach you. But one of the things that I'm going to teach you is you're not my source of, I don't know, self-esteem, validation, whatever it is. I'm taking that back. That's forgiveness. It's not anger with the other person. It's that you don't have the power to hurt me. I'm choosing something different. And that is a really big deal. One of the things that's really important is finding out that within you there is there there's a part of you the truest part of you that is unbreakable that can't get sick that can't be afraid because within each and every person is that seed of the divine sometimes it's hard to come from that place so part of forgiveness is you know what i'm gonna try to find a way to get rid of those things that just aren't true but to do that means getting past a lot of uh, a lot of ego. I was going to say, I love what you're saying. I absolutely do. And I love the principles and I love the idea behind it. Simple concept, straightforward concept, really difficult in practice. If yeah. I'm honest, if yeah. I'm if I, if I'm really honest, and I think just in my personal experience, there are people in my life that are much easier to forgive than other people. So, you know, once again, in practice, what does this really look like? I love the idea behind I'm giving for something, that I'm giving that over, that I'm doing it for myself. And and you see this stuff and the mm-hmm. little memes on Facebook all the time. And it's just like, you don't forgive for the other person. You forgive for yourself. And you see all these little sayings and everything. And that's all nice and well and good. But let's get serious here. <laughs> when you're by yourself and when you're thinking about what that other person did and when you're thinking about the hurt and the anger and the fear and all of it, 
there isn't anything in those moments, at least sometimes for me, that is going to take that away except for time. And that's okay. The time it takes is the time that it takes. But here's the thing that I would say, and you know, you're of course not alone in that. I feel that way sometimes too. Everybody does. But that's why it's so important. And time is absolutely part of it. As you know, one of the things that we hear in the Bible is, you know, how often do we forgive? And Jesus said, 70 times seven. And the number seven is, is, in that vocabulary, like now, I would say, I told you a million times. I guess that's inflation, right, biblical right, right. inflation. But the basic idea is seven represents uh, spiritual completion. In other words, until you're done with it. And so when Jesus says 70 times seven, it's basically like you keep working on forgiving until it's just gone. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of pressure to be like, okay, I'm never going to think about this person in a bad way again. I'm never going to think of the hurt that they've caused. I'm never going to think about the bad things that they're going to do. And it's almost like denial. And I would argue it's so much healthier to let those feelings come up about that person and and start that little bit of forgiveness every every single time. And I think that that's what that really means. You know, when, when they're talking about 70 times seven. I think it means that you're going to have to forgive them that many times to get over it. I really do. I think that this is not an instant thing. And again, simple concept, very difficult sometimes in practice. And I feel that, I think it makes, sometimes makes you feel like you're not doing it right. Well, And that, and that bothers me. That bothers me when there is judgment about how fast you're you're going to forgive a person well and i think you can get better at it i think that part of it has to do with what happened what the 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 intensity of whatever it was that you're forgiving for example no if it's not a big deal it doesn't take as long but you know i think there's a there's there's a correlation but the question i think at that point is well then how do you know when you're done and I think there are a couple of things that you can look at. One of the things is, are you really clear that it's not about them, it's about you? And here's what I mean by that. Early, let's say, in the forgiveness process, I have experienced in my own life, and I know other people have too, there's a desire to sort of fix the other person or even to punish the other person definitely i yeah, yeah. or, I or to... if, if it's not punishing to watch them get a punishment yeah i and i get or that. get their comeuppance I you know feel you, that. you wanna like, you wanna want... be present to see you know yeah. and some people use the word oh well karma yeah. you know oh let me let me stick around to watch you you but know but see karma is very intimate you have no idea what karma looks like for somebody else or divine order or whatever you want to call it what comes around goes around it's really really important to remember once i'm gonna say it one more time it's not about them it is absolutely about you. Of course, there's a desire to go, you know what? I feel hurt. I want you to feel the same hurt that I feel. Well, that that's the opposite of being done with it because you're saying not only am I not done with it, I want you to also be done with it. So to the degree that you want to fix or hurt the other person, to that degree, you're not done yet. And so 
it, it's a matter of, okay, well, I guess I got to go back to the drawing board and keep doing it. Because the thing is, of course, we want the best for other people, but you can't fix somebody. You can't hypnotize somebody into it. At the end of the day, everything that happens is a matter of your choice. Everything you have or don't have, you have by right of consciousness, and that's true for that person too. They have to work on their stuff, and the best I can do is be honest, to be loving, and ultimately to show by example. That person is going to have to work on what they're working on. If there was a pond behind your house, it was a Florida reference, that had an alligator in it, it doesn't matter how loving you are. If you swim in the pond, the alligator is going to try and eat you because... Right. That is the level the alligator is at. It's not a matter of going, I'm going to be so forgiving that I'm going to jump right back in that pond. Come here, let me give you a hug. Exactly. The thing is, that's the misconception about how forgiveness works. Forgiveness is not, I'm going to try and change where you're at. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is saying, I recognize that you are in alligator mode right now, so I'm going to walk around the pond instead of swimming through it. I recognize that this is where you're at. That doesn't mean that other person, that alligator person, can't rise above it. But in this moment, the best way I can teach them is by not getting into the water or into the mud with them. Here's the thing that I really want to drive home. The words that we say, the thoughts that we think, the way that we behave, all of that can only go forward in time, right? We create our next experience by our thoughts, words, and actions. Even if I'm talking about something that happened in the past, if I talk about how bad something was, it doesn't change how it was because it already happened. Can't go backwards in time. So my observations about the past are going to color what happens to me in the future. So if I spend all my time talking about that person, yucky, yucky, bad, bad, evil, evil, whatever, hurtful, well, I'm not creating a positive next experience for me or for them. So that desire to fix might seem noble, but if all I'm talking about is some hurt, some slight, some whatever it was that happened in the past, or even an observation about the present, I'm not changing the past or the present. I'm putting that forward into my next experience. So even on a selfish level, it's important to find a way to forgive so that I can start to make things better for myself, but ultimately to teach somebody else by example that there's a better way, a different way to do it. I have had real peace in in situations about forgiveness with other people and really been able to go back and have relationships with those people again because true forgiveness happened because you've let it go because you you really have forgiven and you meet them where they live so to speak Mm -hmm. and you don't expect them to be somebody else you either accept them for who they are or you move on. Well, and how- I think and I think that that is part of forgiveness too, but there's a piece that comes with that that's like, "Oh, I don't have to do this. I can let this part of it go, take the good from this person and 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 be all right." And again, I think time heals that. I think sometimes space heals that. Sometimes I think it can be quick, but in my experience when I am really 
working on it it is it is an it's an effort sometimes. well but part of that is just where you're at there are some things that are going on in your life that don't bother you at all maybe you don't even notice them that other people would just really have to chew on and wrestle with and by the same token there are things that don't affect them it just depends on where your personality is it's that lessons in truth thing. It's the what is that to the follow thou me. It's the wagon wheel. You know, that there's that part in lessons in truth in the unity of the spirit chapter where she says, imagine a wagon wheel, you know, the hub and the spokes and every path, everybody's life is one of those spokes. And towards the outside, towards the rim of that wagon wheel, it seems like there's a big distance between you and the other spoke. And you can really just really get upset about that distance. It doesn't help anything. But the closer you get to the center, the, the smaller the distance. Your job is just to get closer to the center. And part of that is recognizing that, yes, we are absolutely all in this together. One presence, one power. That winged globe symbol of unity is a symbol that we're all in this together. We're not trying to escape anything. But on the other hand, the best way for me to be a force for healing in the world is for me to stop worrying about how you're doing your thing and start trying to get closer to my center because it's our center. That's the idea. And so, gosh, how many times has the problem really been how dare you not read my mind? How dare you not know what I wanted you to do without me saying it? How dare you not uh, respond exactly the way that I would have responded to that? So often the problem that people have with each other is that they're different. Part of forgiveness is recognizing that, you know what, you're on that path. And parts of that path don't work for me and I'm not going to go there with you. Parts of what you're doing, I'm going to have to love you from afar. The times when it's been hardest to forgive is when I really don't understand the other person's motives. Mm -hmm. I don't understand where they're coming from. Same here. I have no clue. It's coming out of left field, right field, center field. <laughs> I, I really, and usually I'm... To be honest, I'm usually kind of blindsided. Yeah, because why would you do that? Right. You know, and what it's is a, that? It's yeah, a real it. lack of understanding of where they're at. And I so I don't know that it's that I get mad because they're not reading my mind. I legitimately do not understand when I get angry with somebody it's because I'm expecting them to do things the way I would do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Or at least in a way that you or could understand. Or in the understand. way that I understand. And so that that misunderstanding of where that person is coming from, why they're angry or why they choose to treat people that way. But I think what has gotten me to the other side a little more quickly, and I'm 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 still working, you know, I I, I work every day on, you know, all of these principles but I think what's gotten me to the other side more quickly is the idea that it's really not about me anyway even if it's my seeming misunderstanding of what that person is bringing at me or throwing at me or saying to me or doing to me or by me it's not really about me it's about what they're dealing with and usually it really comes down to what they're afraid of well and that's the that's the other side of all of this 
is sometimes the things that bother us about other people are things that are true about us that we just don't want to face. I don't know what you're talking about. Of course not. Me neither. I don't know what I'm talking about either. No, you know what I mean. Sometimes it's, the truth is, it wouldn't get under your skin if you didn't have something in common with it on some level or another. And so honestly, it's the, it's that thing that actually you bring this up in the branching in book and it's one of my favorite parts of the book where you talk about being a mirror to somebody. And I, I love the idea that sometimes whether I'm doing it, I'm exemplifying it, or I'm really not, that desire the other person has or this negative thing they don't want to see is reflected back on them. And I can honestly tell you for sure that I've looked at other people and they've done some kind of thing that I've done that I didn't want to see. Or that you were embarrassed about. Yeah. Or maybe just didn't like, or something that reminded you of a past problem that you were dealing with. And so that moment can be really difficult, but you know that you're on your forgiveness journey when you can go, oh, wow, I'm doing. And it's, it's the story of David and Nathan. And I won't tell the story right now. Look it up, kids. But there's that part where Nathan says to David, you're the one doing this thing. This mm-hmm. is you. We're talking about you in the story. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, you know you're on your forgiveness journey when you can go, you know what? Thanks. Thank you. You've reflected back to me something that I didn't want to see, but I needed to see. And by the same token, if somebody's got a problem with you, of course you owe them your honesty, your respect, and your love. We owe that to each other. But at the end of the day, if somebody just has a problem with you for breathing, you can go, you know what? I recognize that I'm being a mirror to them. They're seeing something they don't want to see. So all I can do is sort of clean my mirror, just like you say in the book, Jenny. Clean your mirror. Be the best reflection you can be. Yeah, and move on and and move away from that situation because you are never going to figure it out. I I have had experiences that just like that. I have no idea why somebody's so upset with me and all I can do is love them, bless them, clean my mirror and and hit on down the road, you know. Yeah. But that's another hallmark of forgiveness where you get to the point where you know what I don't have to understand. That's, that's between you and God. I don't need to know why you did the thing you did. It's it's like dealing with a little kid. Why did you, whatever, put ice cream I in don't your know. sister's hair? I don't know. Or they'll have some reason, and it doesn't make any sense. But you know what? You love the kid so much. You fix the problem, of course, but you love the kid so much. I don't need to understand why you did that nutty thing. I'm just going to love you, and we're going to move on in healthier ways. If you can do that, because truthfully... We're all just children. If you can do that, then you're on the right track. I think this is a good time to move into our next segment called Listen Up. And that's where we answer questions from you. Do we have a question for this week? Yeah, and I just want to say that if you want to send us a question, the best way to do it is go to the website, unitysociety.com, and there's a, there's a contact us page. If you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard me say this a few times, but I want to get it out there. 
There's lots of ways to contact us through our various social media channels and whatnot through the website. But please send us your questions. We love hearing these questions. And actually, the question for today is not from any one person, but rather it's from a lot of different people. We've gotten different flavors of the same question over and over again. And the essence of it is there seems to be so many different books to read, so many different, let's say, healing modalities, techniques, products to purchase, places to go, workshops to attend, pilgrimages to make, gurus to listen to, channels, websites, podcasts. Uh, really, of course, there's only one podcast you should be listening to. But over and over again, the question is some different flavor or another of what's the right set of techniques to use. Or right. Buy. Is there is there a right way? And what it, should I be doing? Please, yeah. you know, tell me. Tell me how can I fix? What's the secret handshake? What's the secret? Yeah. Right. And there is, understandably, such a concern about doing it right. I know that's something that I deal with, I think. Yeah, and for a whole spectrum of reasons, and I think some of them are very noble reasons and some of them maybe not so much, the history of religious pursuit is full of people with different sets of techniques as far as how to do it. And just like with anything, just like with people who get into their cars, you know, I'm really into car stuff and so I've got special things that I do or or people who are really interested in in record players. And you can when you start getting into something, you develop a certain nerd culture about it and you get a very sophisticated. Don't even get me started about the right way to brew a cup of coffee. There's there becomes this cult-like and I use that word very deliberately, a cult-like pursuit of whatever it is. And it's so easy when the stakes are so high. We're talking about spirituality. We're talking about ultimate concern. There's such a, a tendency to make it really complicated. Okay, well, I can only get spiritual if I have been to the special place where there's a special guy with a special outfit who's behind a wall. And, Saying special words. Yeah, that I don't even know what the words are sometimes, right. but I know that if I, you know... And it gets more and more complicated. And I just think about, I just think about, Charles Fillmore said one time, when religion becomes a trade, it develops trade secrets. I love that. It's just such a Charles Fillmore quote. He's full of those kind of little statements. I always say it's no accident that unity was born in the show me state. So at the end of the day, it, it doesn't matter what, special gyrations you have to do do you get there because here's the deal god is good and god is all there is just like we say all the time we even have a t-shirt that says it god is good you, you are, are good. good go do good mm -hmm. that's it that's unity now there's a lot of you know we can get into the details of it we talk about mind is primary and causative and prayer is the most highly accelerated mind action known and um Thoughts held in mind reproduce after their kind. All of that. We can we can go deeper, but that's the nucleus of it. So anything that gets you to that realization, what do you need to do, in other words, to get out of the way? Fine. But recognize that it is a taking out of the garbage. What do you need to do so that you can get rid of some stuff? 
when you're learning how to walk, you know, you pull up on tables and stuff like that when you're a toddler. You don't need to carry tables around with you for the rest of your life. Right. You know, it's it's one of those things. That's a terrible example, but you know what I mean. It's the idea of what can you do to get rid of tool sets, not add more. And we all know people who go to Unity Churches and bless their hearts. Every time you see them, they got more gear. When um, we're running a race and we oh, have... Yeah. we I've done two full marathons and something like 21 half marathons over the course of my adult life. And I love it. I love distance running. I, I enjoy it. I love the endurance part of it. But when I was first starting out, boy, you got heart rate monitors and watches and you had belts and gears and knee oh, yeah. braces and tapes. You see people running, they look and, like Chewbacca. With and all of special shirts and pants and this. And now when I run, it's a pair of shoes, a pair of socks, a sports bra, some shorts, and a tech t-shirt. I don't even take my music out anymore. I don't, I mean, and I just go out. I, I do have a watch that kind of times yeah, me, but, so I have a kind of an idea of how far I'm going and, and stuff like that. But you know like what? That. If that watch broke in the middle of the race, it wouldn't kill you. No, you know not at all. And there are people who are like that in the hiking community. Where there are people who are just getting started out, and they go to REI, and they buy a million dollars worth of ultralight equipment, and then you run into some old guy on the Appalachian Trail who... Who's got a stick. And a stick and a toothbrush and a little, and instead yeah. of a fancy camping knife, he's got a razor blade for when he needs to whittle down a stick. And that's it. Yeah. I think expertise is a matter of getting rid of stuff. But isn't it, don't you think that the, the best things are the simplest things? There's an honesty. You know, I think just, I mean... And I know we always circle around food, but y- y'all are just going to have to get used to it. For example, I would so much prefer just good vanilla ice cream. <laughs> really, I'm, sure. a, I'm a vanilla ice cream person. I don't like all the bells and whistles rather than having all this stuff thrown in and, and, and you know, mountains of stuff and more and more and more. I think that you can hide bad ice cream with a lot of toppings yeah if it's really good vanilla if it's really good ice cream you don't want anything in it yes that you know what and, i mean and i think that it's a weird metaphor but yeah, that's, but, no. but that's what i got and if somebody else has to put a bunch of toppings on it to get to the place of happy dessert <laughs> let's say just to so be it right the thing is that's not unity unity is not the the path Unity is the knowing. How do you get to that place where you recognize that there's one presence and one power? How do you get to that place where you recognize that what is going on inside of you, in your consciousness, as you embrace your divine potential without anything outside of you being your source? How do you get to that place? Jesus said, they who have seen me have seen the Father. And what he meant by that, I think, is that he lived from that potentiality so purely that the family resemblance got to show through. So the idea is basically the only thing different about that Christ presence is is that he knew who he was. 
So what do you need to do to know who you are? If you need to go to a bunch of places and attend a bunch of workshops and read a bunch of books, so be it. That's not unity. How do you get to unity? You know the word just means oneness. How do you get to that place of a consciousness of oneness? That's it. I'm not here to judge what you did to get there. Mm -hmm. And you know there are unity centers that teach all kinds of different techniques to get there. There's some of it that I'm not crazy about. But at the end of the day, I'm not here to judge that. How do you get to that place? In general, the simplest things are best. In Lessons in Truth, which I've already talked about today, that's Unity's primary textbook along with the Bible. One of the things that Dr. Katie, the author, says is one of the tests of truth is you can explain it to a child. But just like when we were talking about forgiveness and when we're talking about how, you know, your spirituality comes about, simple concept, but oh my goodness, so much work behind it. Yeah, but it's it's the same work that you do when you're falling in love. It's the same work you do when you're doing anything important. At the end of the day, you know when you're in love. You just know. And in fact, you can't really explain it. You can't diagram love on a chalkboard. You can talk about some of the outer things. We have compatible chemistry and we both like listening to Duran Duran or whatever. But at the end of the day, that's not love. That's something that helps provide an atmosphere through which love can be recognized or something. That's not love. Love is the thing that you just know. You know it when you're in love. That's it. And in the same way, how do I know if I'm on the right path? Well, if you have to ask, keep digging. Keep digging, yeah. That's the thing. You just know. But I got to tell you, I I feel it in myself. I see it in you, Jenny. You live from that place. There are people who just they found something, and maybe it's not the whole truth of the universe, but they got some nugget of something. And like we always say, we need dedicated dreamers and bulldog believers. Find something that speaks to you. This is true with a capital T. And maybe your perception of that will change over time. But if you really love it, it'll be okay if it changes. You'll know that you're doing it quote-unquote right when you don't have to ask the question when you get your ego out of the way, when there's nothing more, you know, the guy that wrote The Little Prince, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his name. It's a beautiful French name that it would just be so disrespectful and weird for me to try to pronounce. (laughs) The guy that wrote The Little Prince, he said something like, perfection is not when there's nothing more to add, but when there's nothing more to take away. Ah. So when you've gotten to the place where you're like an old Appalachian Trail hiker, or a marathon runner, or, or somebody like that, when you know there's nothing else for me to get rid of, there's just me and the truth. When you get to that place, you know you're on the right track. So ask not what you can purchase and add on to yourself. Ask what you can get rid of that's getting in the way because the truth is simple. You're a child of God and there is something beautiful in you right now. Find it and show the world what it looks like. That's it. So I think it's time to get into the check it out segment, which is when we talk about 
what we're up to next and sort of news and announcements kind of thing. So, Well, the big thing that's coming up is at the end of this month on January 29th, you and I are doing the service together at First Unity Spiritual Campus. Um, Firstunity.org, but you already knew that. Yeah, and uh, that's going to be exciting. I think the last time we actually did a service together was um, last year sometime, so it's been a while. It's been a while since we've actually been on stage together um, doing something. I love getting to share the platform with you. It's a whole different kind of energy, uh, and I don't mean that in any kind of fancy sense. It's just that what we do... It feels different. When I get up there and start doing my thing, I love that. I really, really love that. But it's different when you and I get to sort of throw the ball back and forth. And obviously the Sunday service is about our book. And actually after both services, we're going to have a book signing and all of that kind of stuff. Really excited about getting to talk about the whole branching in thing. But we wrote the book in that collaborative way. Once again, throwing the ball back and forth. So it is so much fun to get to play with you, Jenny, and getting to do this thing and share the platform is just so much fun. Once again, that's January 29th, right? Yes, January 29th, and the services are at 9:30 and 11:30. And so that's that's going to be a lot. That's going to be looking a lot forward of fun. to it. And yeah. that's firstunion.org. But the thing I want you to know too is that all of our appearances and stuff like that uh, are at unitysociety.com. There's an events page, so. I think that as we move forward with the podcast, we're probably not going to reference every place you can go and say we're going to start saying, just check out the website. Go to unionsociety.com, look at the events, and there's amazing stuff going on. But yeah, if you're anywhere near St. Petersburg, Florida, the finest city on the face of the earth, on January 29th, please come and see us. And if you got a copy of the book, we'd love to sign it. But one way or another, it'd be nice to see you. It's, I'm really, really looking forward to that. You can also find us on Facebook. And that's The Unity Society, as well as on Instagram. Again, The Unity Society. That's Strangely the... enough, Twitter is The Unity Society. I know. It's amazing. It's like we actually thought about it or something. <laughs> you can also follow me personally on my Instagram, uh, Jenny A. Randolph. And yours is? Uh, Dieter underscore Randolph at Instagram. But I'm also at Dieter on Twitter. And so there's a lot of places to, to find all of us. I also wanted to highlight that March 4th, you got it. We'll talk about that more later, but there's a local authors... Uh, like a book fair, local authors uh-huh. fair. And uh, Jenny and I are going to be involved in that, and that's at Wings Bookstore, and that's wingsbookstore.com. You can find out more about that later. And also, speaking of books, we're just starting to record the audiobook version of Branching In, and that's going to be a lot of fun. So look out for that as well. let's uh, wrap it up one of the things that came through both of the forgiveness part and also the the listen up question is what does it take for you to get back to a consciousness of who you really are who you are is infinite the idea of the Christ or this God nature the divine spark that's not something that you can put into words because it is an infinite thing but in this moment you are a momentary outpicturing of the infinite so what does it take for you to get to that place where you realize in this finite moment i am i am that teacup out of the ocean what does it take for you to get to that place and whatever it takes is valid 
and worthwhile. But part of what it takes is letting go of the idea that somebody else and something that they did or said or didn't say or didn't do can get between you and that realization. The time has come for you to let them go because in so doing, you're going to set yourself free too. It's okay if there's been some hurt in your life. It's okay if there's been something that really was hard. Because whatever it happened, it brought you to this moment where you're making a different choice. It's time to let them go. And letting them go doesn't mean letting them do the thing that they used to do, but rather it means recognizing that this is where you're at, alligator person. And I'm going to let you be your alligator self as long as you need to, but I'm going to show you what love looks like by treating myself with love. You deserve it. And the world deserves the best, purest, most honest version of you that, that you can give. You're here, and I'm here, and we're all here to show the world what love looks like. So whatever you need to get to that place, you owe it to everybody. And you owe it to yourself to figure that out. We'd like to thank you for listening. The Unity Society podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios. And our amazing uh, sound engineer is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph with music by Raina and the lovely and talented Miles Randolph. And uh, they're just so wonderful and we are so lucky and blessed to have them in our lives. The podcast is supported wholly by you. And you can support the podcast by telling your friends about it, by subscribing. Once again, you can go to unitysociety.com slash podcast. You probably know that because you're listening to this, but whether you found us through iTunes or whatever, you can subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and a number of other pod-catching apparatus. You can subscribe. If you've got one of those Amazon Echoes, you can just say, Amazon, play me the Unity Society podcast, and we'll come through. So find us. And most importantly, uh, along with telling your friends, the thing that really helps us grow and spread the word about what we're doing is if you go to wherever you found the podcast, iTunes, for example, and write a positive review. Reviews help tremendously. It helps us get heard. So if you've enjoyed listening, please go and give us a good review. Absolutely. So thank you so much for being a part of this journey. We are so delighted to hear some of the amazing positive feedback. Somebody called Jenny today to, to share how, how much she's enjoying the podcast. And I promise we're going to just keep on getting better, keep on figuring out what this needs to look like, but it helps when we know what you want to know. So thanks for sending in your questions. Thanks for the feedback. Thanks for being a part of this journey.